go to Exodus 15. And we want to continue with this that we've been looking at over the past, oh my, 20 weeks on a covenant of healing. And, um, you know, what we're learning throughout this is, uh, especially in um, our circles, we're taught extensively, you know, God is a healer, God will heal, uh, God does heal, it's God's will to heal, uh, and that's, that's wonderful, and we need to know that, we do know that, we're going to see it, know it even more. But what does the Bible say about healing completely? What does the Bible say about health completely? Uh, you know, it's, it's not the perfect plan of God that we get sick and get healed and go there along for a little ways and then we get sick again and got to get healed again. And uh, now that, that is a... Um, if I can say it this way, that takes mind renewal because I've got to renew my mind. To, you know, there was a time that you didn't think you could live without sinning. And uh, you had to renew your mind to the fact that you can. Well, God wants to renew our mind to the fact that we can live without being sick. There are well-meaning people that you know and I know, they'll ask you the question, well, if I don't get sick, how am I ever going to die? And uh, you need to be able to answer that question. How are you going to die if you don't ever get sick? And people will say, well, you know, they don't have a good answer. Well, the Bible says it's simply this way, that God will take your spirit. When your time's over, God will take your spirit. That's important because uh, that alleviates the need for you to look for things to happen as you get older, in your old age. Uh, you know, now everybody's getting older. If you're not getting older, you're dead. So everybody's getting older, right? And, and uh, I just, uh, I'm saying all this to say we, we've got to look at what the Bible says about health overall and, uh, you know, not add to it, not take away from it. Uh, you know, I hear uh, a, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm going to live 120 years. Well, you're not promised 120 years in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. It's not there. They take one scripture out of its setting. And, and I can take you over there and, and look at it. Because every time I say that, people go, oh, 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 because they heard brother favorite or sister favorite so-and-so say it. And they don't take time to read the Bible. And uh, Genesis chapter 6, and uh, we, we're not going to take a lot of time here, but I just want you to see this. This is when man began to multiply on the earth, and uh, the Lord said in verse 3, My spirit will not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Yet his days shall be 120 years. 
Well, the reference there is not to all of mankind. It's to mankind at that point. All right? If, if you read on in verse 13, it says, God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come up before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and I will destroy them with the earth. So the indication there is they had 120 years. Now, it's not the difference between heaven and hell. You can believe whatever you want to believe. But my point is, is if I don't see what the Scripture's saying about it overall, there's things I'll miss. There's things I'm supposed to be believing God for and things that I'm supposed to be standing in faith for, and it's very important uh, that I look at it as a whole. In Exodus chapter 15, we'll go over these verses again very, very quickly because these are, have been our foundation over this series, Exodus 15 and 26. We always believe what God said about himself. What did God say about God? That's, that's where I get my information about God. What did God say about himself? All right, then there's no there's no uh, question about what will God do if I know what God said about God. I've had people get fighting mad with me because I would take them to the scripture. And I had one person say, well, that's not fair. You're a pastor. And I thought, so then, you know, if that's how you think, why are you questioning me? You know, I mean, because. It's, it's, I'm going to take you to the scripture. This is what God said about himself. Uh, secondly, what did God say about his word? You know, I've had people over the years say, oh, you, you faith people, you put the word on the same level as God. I didn't do that. God did that. God's the one that said he and his word were one. It's God that said in the book of John chapter one, that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. It was God that said, I've exalted my word above all my name. God said that. All right? That's important. Because he wanted us to see down through the years that the word that God spoke is the same as God. Words contain who you are. If you're a liar, your words contain that. If you're honest, your words contain that. They contain who you are. They contain what you are. God's words contain what he is. Whatever God is, you speak that word. That word carries what he is. When you say uh, God is your provider, those words carry provision. Because the provider is in those words. When you say you're the healed of the Lord, those words contain healing because the healer's in those words. And uh, then we always believe what God said about what he would do. What will God do? That's so important. It, it, it always, I don't want to use the word concerns me, but it, it puzzles me. I will still hear people to this day talk about their dark times and how they're so grateful for the dark times the Lord let them go through or, or, or brought upon them. 
And I always take them to the scripture where it says that God is light and in him is no darkness. And they just kind of look at me. Well, what did God say? He said he'll bring light. Psalm 119 verse 130, remember what it says? The entrance of your word gives light. Right, Your word is a light, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, we know those things, but see, I've got to, what did God say about himself? So God said he brings light and no darkness. So I can't ever say that God brings darkness or allows darkness or has anything to do with darkness. Amen. Exodus 15 and 26, we'll read the latter part of that. He said, for I, uh, I will put none of these, or I will allow none of these diseases on you that I've allowed on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. That's the emphasis you place on that. All right, I am the Lord that heals you. In, in other words, Egypt would not obey me, Pharaoh would not obey me, so these plagues, these diseases had to come on them. But God's saying basically this, if you'll obey me, none of this will happen to you because I'm the Lord that heals you. All right, I am your physician. I am your surgeon. That I am is that blank check. Exodus 23. And verse 25, you shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and water. And I will. There's no stronger statement of fact than I will. I will. Covenant language. There's no stronger statement of surety in the Bible than I will or I shall. All right. He said, I will. Take sickness away from the midst of you. So I have the first verse that we read. He said, I am the Lord that heals you. Why is that important? Because he is the Lord that heals us. And because he's the Lord that heals us, he can make good on the promise he made in verse 25. I'm the Lord that heals you, and I will take sickness away from your midst. And the last part of verse 26, the number of your days... I will fulfill. So he will keep us well and keep us whole the whole number of our days. Amen. However many you think that is, or however many you want. Glory to God. Deuteronomy chapter 7. I'm going to live until I'm satisfied. <clears throat> and uh, verse 14. And you will be blessed above all people. There will not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord, the I am will take away from you all sickness and will allow none of the evil diseases upon you which of Egypt that you know, but will lay them upon all them that hate you. So, over and over again we see this. 
uh, one translation of this says, the Lord will keep you from getting sick. Now, see, that's why I got to look at everything he says about healing. Because most of the time when people talk about the Lord can heal, they believe the Lord can heal after you get sick. But he said, here, I'll keep you from getting sick. Another one says, the Lord will keep you free from every disease. Every disease. Another one says, you'll be healthy because the Lord will protect you from those dreadful diseases. Oh, hallelujah. So, yes, he's my healer, but he's my keeper. He's my physician, but he's my keeper. Keep me from being sick. So I, I have to always remember that and always remember that I have a covenant. We've talked about that at length. I, I have a covenant. The Bible's a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. When uh, God makes a promise, it's an eternal promise. There's no change. It's taken religion multiplied thousands of years to convince us that God doesn't always heal. That's important. Because your experience doesn't change the word. Hallelujah. Well, I knew so-and-so, and, -so and they, he didn't keep sickness from them. Doesn't change the word. Do you see what I'm saying? Doesn't change what the word said. And, and there, there's things that people shy away from because you got to build your faith in these things. What you have not built faith for, you can't expect to receive. And, and people get under condemnation because maybe they didn't have faith for something or strong enough faith for something or had not built their faith. Well, the, the issue is real simple. Just get in there and build your faith. Don't get condemned. Just build your faith. Amen. Amen. I've had pastor friends of mine say, well, I just couldn't tell anybody that the, the reason they were struggling was they didn't have faith. Jesus did. I mean, it's, it's not the case every time, but you just got to build your faith here. It's, there's nothing that the Bible says about God or about what he wants to do that we can't walk in if we'll just build our faith. I'll move away from that because... I'm getting a lot of blank stares. So we'll just move on. Amen. Exodus chapter 23, again, he talked about keeping sickness away from us. When he talked about taking it, removing it, taking it away, turning it aside. And, and one of those phrases is to be without. So he said, you will be without sickness. 
Mm. And he said, I will remove it. That's a statement of certainty from our covenant God. I will leaves no room for anything other than what the one promising has said. I will. I will puts all doubts to rest. Probably 30 years ago, I heard that statement. There's no stronger affirmation of truth than I will. And that changed my life. Because over and over again in the word, you see the phrase, I will. The Lord says, I will do this. I will do that. I will do another. I will do this. That there's no stronger affirmation of truth. I will take sickness from the midst of you. I will fulfill the number of your days. Hallelujah. That's why I have to remember that I have a covenant. That's why I have to uh, maintain a covenant mindset. So God's a restorer of health. He heals. He keeps sickness away. And he restores what sickness has taken. Look over here in 2 Kings chapter 8. You, you, you don't put up with the deficit sickness has produced in your life. This is important. Listen, think about this. We quote the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. What's the next one? He does, he does what? I, I thought he restored your soul. Is that right? He restores your soul. He restoreth my soul. Well, what's your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotions. Is that right? Does he restore it? Why do we know that? Because the word says so. Psalm 19 says the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. Right? And when you restore something, it means to take it back to a state of newness. Right? But yet you'll run into people and they'll talk about the things they face, the emotional pain they face, and all these things. And, but God said, I'll restore that. We, we talk very often about a renewed mind. Well, renewing your mind is renewing your mind to how you should live, how you can live as the righteousness of God in Christ. But your mind has to be restored. It has to be restored from wrong thinking patterns. It has to, right? And God, if God can restore your mind, there's nothing he can't restore. Because people know less about the mind than they do anything. Amen. 2 Kings 8 and verse 1. Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had, here's this word, he had restored to life. Then verse 4. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray you, all the great things Elisha's done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for a house and so on and so forth. 
But notice the word, restored. The woman that he, uh, whose son he had restored to life. In order for something to be restored, it had to have been lost. That young man had lost his life. What, whatever he suffered from had taken his life. And for life to be restored, he had to be healed. So whatever was there that took his life, God took that and restored his life. So God doesn't just heal, he restores back what was taken. So you're not supposed to just get healed of the disease and then have to deal with the effects of what it caused. Right? That, that's important. You know, what, whatever it may be. You know, you may go through something that causes loss of something, loss of, loss of mobility, loss of, of hair, loss of you name it. Well, he said, I'll put it back. I'll restore it. Do, do you see that? Whatever was there, God knows it was there before that disease took it. And he said, I'll restore it. Oh, hallelujah. That's mobility. That's strength. That's important. Because this, this was a young man. And whatever he died from, whatever he suffered from, uh, the Bible just tells us in, in uh, 2 Kings 4 that one day he was out working with his father and, and his head was hurting and, and, and he passed out and he went and laid on his mother's lap till noon and then he died. Whatever it was took his life. But the Bible says he was restored to life. Amen. You know, when the dead are raised, it's not just life that's given back to them. Whatever killed them had to be healed. The effects of the disease had to be healed. It requires the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith to raise somebody from the dead. All right? Because they're, 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 the, the, the miracle is them coming back to life. Whatever they had had to be healed. And you've got to exercise faith for that. Glory to God. So when you think about it, right, and the doctor, the doctor will tell you, well, you know, you'll never have full mobility there. Well, but, but wait a minute. If the Lord healed me, he'll give me back full mobility. What, what do you hear a lot about the, the things that we faced here recently, you know, primarily with the virus and things that went around? Uh, now, now, you know, because they, they, they're getting where they can't make any more money off of it, you know, and these different things. And now it's the effects. You know, if you had it, you're going to be affected for a long time. And your lung function may never come back. 
Now, you know, we hear that and we think, oh, that, you know, that isn't that horrible. Yeah, but the, the thing is, there are Christians that dealt with that and they're dealing with the effects and they don't know they can be restored. If God healed me, he'll restore me. Is that right? Say that out loud. If God healed me, he'll restore me. Glory to God. So whatever took this young man's life, God took it and then restored it. In 2 Kings 5. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I've been accused over the years of being uh, intense. And that's not my personality. Now, when I say that, I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> but I'm not intense. My, my mindset is not, that's not how I operate. But when it comes to the Word, right? If, if God, I want everything the Word says. And if God says He'll heal me and restore I want the restoration as well. I don't want to be better without what I used to have. Right? You don't want to just be pain free. You, you want the cause of the pain taken care of and restoration of what the problem caused put back. That's what you want. Amen? That's, 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 that's like, you know, which, which arm do you not want? I want both of them. Well, you can make it with one. I know, but do you want to live with one arm? I want both of them. I, right? I don't want to just be healed and not able to move. I don't want to just be healed and whatever was taken not put back. It's important. Amen. That, that in, and we're not going to get into this. That includes your finances. That, include, that includes, we're going to talk about this some, that includes the years that were wasted, the months that were wasted by sickness. Oh, glory. The joy that it took is coming back. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. 2 Kings 5 and verse 14, this is, of course, Naaman. And uh, it's important to know that, you know, Naaman was not a worshiper of the true God. Naaman was a Syrian. Naaman was an enemy of Israel. Hmm. And notice, now, I'll, I'll mention this at this point. You remember, you're part of the covenant is faith and obedience. Now, very often when we think obedience, we think, you know, just doing what God said, that's true, but the very first thing that God said was believe Him. And here in verse 14, He said, Then went He, Naaman, down, and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, 
and he was clean. Mm. Glory to God. Now notice his flesh came again. When it says his flesh came again, that means that flesh had been lost. Because it came again. All right, that word, when it, that phrase, again, it means to be restored. That's what it means. So whatever he had lost, ever if he had lost a, 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 a digit off his hand or some part of his body, I don't know, but the Bible makes a perfect reference here to his skin had been lost. And notice what it said. It came again unto the flesh, like unto the flesh of a little child. Mm. And he was clean. So ever how long he had had it, it had taken something away from him. But when he obeyed God, it was all put back. Hallelujah. Now, what if just the effects of the leprosy had been halted? Well, praise God. But notice. We, what you can gather from this story was Naaman was having a hard time believing this was even going to work. Right? Just two verses back, he's arguing about it. Why should I go wash in this dirty river? The, the rivers of Damascus are, are much better. And he was mad. The Bible says in a rage, he was angry. And, and finally, a, a, a wise servant came and calmed him down and said, you know, this isn't, in other words, what do you got to lose? And God not only healed a man that just a little while previously was in a rage about what God had asked him to do, he restored him back. And his skin was like it had never happened. Think about that. Whatever you're dealing with, you're going to come out of it just like it never happened. Well, pastor, do you believe that? I do. Do you? You got to believe it. That's got to be what you believe. And when you look in the mirror and you can see the effects, you not only praise God for your healing... You praise God for your restoration. Now, all of that's coming back. Oh, hallelujah. Because that's God's will. That's part of the covenant that we have. Amen? But, but, but what you hear people talk about, well, you know, you get to this certain age, it's the first thing that goes. What are you talking about things going when God wants you to be keeping things? Amen. God, God wants you to be whole so much, and people take this wrong because they look at it as vengeance. It's not vengeance. God said in the Old Testament, in, in the first covenant, He said if, if a person gets in a disagreement and hits somebody and knocks an eye out or knocks a tooth out, He said it's an eye for an eye. Now, people have taken that as vengeance. That's completeness. It's wholeness. 
you cause that person to not be whole. I want them to be whole. Sickness is a lack of wholeness. And God wants us whole. So think about it. So just healing me may not produce wholeness, but restoration will. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And uh, we'll start here in verse 10. Jesus was in the synagogue here. And it says there was a man which had his hand withered. A man that had his hand withered. Well, his hand at one point had been strong. It had been healthy. But it, it, it withered. It shrunk. It became dry. Hallelujah. So something had happened. But then in verse 14... Or excuse me, verse 13, he, Jesus, said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored, whole, like as the other. It was restored, whole. Restored is sound and healthy, just like the other one was. So what he had lost had been restored. He had lost it, but God restored it. Jesus restored it. That's important. Because whatever had caused the withering could have been healed, but he still didn't have a hand. Right? And now it's restored. You don't want to live with anything Jesus healed you of. You don't want to live with the effects of anything Jesus healed you of. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, there, there are people that will, I've heard them make statements to how that, you know, uh, when they look at the problems that they have and, and different things, you know, that it's a reminder to them. Uh you know, of where they could have been without God. Well, the, the problem with that is that's not in the Bible. God doesn't leave a little sickness so you can remember. And, and they use, like uh, Brother Hagen uh, told a story one time uh, where he had, uh, well, actually what had happened was he had fallen, is, uh, to make a long story short. And injured his uh, left elbow. And uh, he had knocked it out of place and stretched some of the ligaments. And on the way to the emergency room, the Lord spoke to him and, and, and let him know, you know, some things. And here's the point. Uh, the Lord said to him, he said, I allowed this to happen for a reason. And he said, I'll tell you why later. He said, but you're going to have to go through surgery but everything will be all right. You know, everything's going to be okay. It's not broken. 
You've knocked it out of place and different things. Well, you'll remember the story. The Lord spoke to him and said, this happened because you got your, your anointing out of place. And he said, I told you that you were a prophet and a teacher. And you keep telling people you're a teacher and a prophet. And you keep putting the teaching office in the front. And I need the prophet's office to be in the front. All right? And the Lord told him, he said, you're going to have full mobility of that arm. He said, he said there's going to be just a small percentage of a lack of movement in that arm. And, and he said, but it's, it's going to be completely restored and completely healed. And he said, and when you look at that arm, you're going to be reminded to keep things in order. Well, God didn't, God didn't do that to his arm. Brother Hagin did it. Brother Hagin's the one that fell. He jumped off a platform, and a lady had put a tape recorder on the ground, brand new, and he's about to land on it. And so he twisted and fell. Now, you, you understand why I'm saying this? Because people will say, well, you know, the Lord let me have this to teach me a lesson. The Lord wasn't teaching him a lesson with that arm. God doesn't use sickness and pain and accidents to teach lessons. Because, because if he did, it would be a violation of his word. Because he's the life giver. Well, but pastor, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. God didn't say that. Job said that. God didn't say that. Well, the Bible says, I, the Lord, I, I kill and I make alive. But what's the context? He was saying, if anybody has the power, I'm the one that can do this. But I'm the life giver. This is important. Because if there's any of those lingering thoughts and lingering doubts in your mind, then when you experience something, the enemy will bring something up where you missed it. Maybe it wasn't God's perfect will. And this is why you're dealing with this because of this. And if you'd have done this, and if you'd have done this, listen... Everybody has made mistakes. Everybody's missed it. Where you don't want to miss it is in what you believe God wants to do. Because everybody's missed it. If God healed us based on never missing it, just let's pack up and go home. Because nobody's getting healed. Because everybody has missed it. We'll probably miss it again. Hope not, but probably will. Aren't you glad God doesn't make us sick because we miss it? God heals us in spite of our misses. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that good? Luke chapter 14. Oh, hallelujah. And uh, verse 1. <clears throat> it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day. That they watched him. They watch us folks that believe in healing. <laughs> and behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. The dropsy. Probably a kidney condition. Yeah, dropsy is an accumulation of fluid in the body. All right? Especially in the legs and and and. Uh, around those areas, probably 
something to do with his kidneys. And Jesus answering spake to the lawyers and the Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Now remember that these were Pharisees. And this was not just a Pharisee, it was a chief Pharisee. Now you realize Pharisees were what? Doctors of the law. Now, why is this important? Look at the question. Is it lawful? So he said, to heal on the Sabbath. And what did they do? Held their peace. Now, why is this important? Because God never said it was a breaking of the Sabbath to heal on the Sabbath. Never said that. Over and over again, you see Jesus asking that question. Is it lawful? Is it lawful? What did he say? He said, you've made the word of God without effect. Why? Because of your tradition. Is that right? So he's saying, God never said it wasn't lawful to heal on the Sabbath. If it had been in the law, you know these doctors of the law would have known it. Never never did it say that. They held their peace, and he took him, the sick man, and healed him, and healed him, and let him go. He, the word is, made him whole. There was a lack of wholeness. Whatever it was, he took it, cured him, and made him whole. Glory to God. That's powerful. Because, because see, the same question is asked of people today. Well, is it God's will to heal every time? Well, that's just like, that's like, right? Of course it's God's will to heal every time. It's his will every day, every month. Jesus healed him. Jesus made him whole. And Jesus cured him. Hmm. Mark chapter 8. So I'm healed, but what was wrong is restored. What was lost is restored. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. And he comes to Bethsaida, and they bring him a blind, bring a blind man to him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, Notice, I see men as trees walking. So this man had been able to see at one point. He wasn't born blind. 
And there's a couple reasons we know this. Number one, the Bible doesn't say he was born blind. And secondly, he knew what trees looked like. So he had been able to see at one point. See, the point of this is what you've got to be believing for. What, what you're not stretching your faith to receive can never be received. Hoping for a different diagnosis is not going to get it done. I got I to gotta believe not just to be healed but restored. And notice what, notice Jesus' desire here. After that, he put his hands again on his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. So notice Jesus didn't stop with blurry vision. He kept believing until there was restoration. It says he could see clearly. That word clearly means at a distance and clearly. So not only could he see, he could see a long ways off and see a long ways off clearly. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 40. And you know, I've had people tell me, well, what do you expect? I'm 80 years old. Now, I mean, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I mean, I, I understand what they're saying. And I'm not making light of it. But it's not, what do I expect? It's evidence of what you're expecting. Amen. Isaiah 40. And verse 29, mm. he, God, Jehovah, the Lord, gives power to the faint. And we'll sing that song, he gives power to the faint. He gives power, oh, I'm just so wore out. I'm just so weak. I don't know what's wrong with me. I Well, you know. Well, God doesn't give weakness. See, you got to believe what God said about himself. He gives power. If you're faint, what has been lost? Power. What does God give? Power. To the faint. And to them that have no might, if you don't have might, what have you lost? Strength. And it says he increases their strength. You're not going to be weak for nobody. You're not going to faint for nobody. My strength's not going to depart from me. Your strength's not going to depart from you. Notice verse 30 even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men will utterly fall. Well, see there, Pastor, even, even young people get wore out, you know, and so it happens to all of us. Oh, but wait a minute. There's a colon after fall, 
and 31 starts with but. They that wait upon the Lord, the word Lord Jehovah, the I am, the self-existent one, the Lord, the Lord that made a promise that he would heal us, take it away from us, and keep it away from us. He shall, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. The word renew is change. Their strength will change. In other words, they go from relying on the, the strength of the natural to relying on the strength of the Lord. Their strength changes. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Notice they will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Oh, hallelujah. Well, why is that? Because verse 29 said he gives power to the faint. So that means I can do everything I need to do. I can fulfill all my responsibilities and expect to not have a lack of strength and expect to not faint. Oh, hallelujah. When he said he, they will renew their strength, the word, the word is to sprout or to show newness. So where there was no strength, new strength will show up. Because there's a restoration. Now, let's look here at Joel chapter 2. You know, Jeremiah had a lot to talk about in restoration. Uh, he said, concerning the people of Israel, he said, I will restore health to you, and I'll heal your land. Uh, he said, I will uh, restore peace and joy, and everlasting joy will be upon your head. Uh, but here in Joel chapter 2 and verse 25, he said, I will restore to you the years, the years. Now, I've had over the years people uh, try to, you know, use this metaphorically. Well, one of the main rules of Bible interpretation is simply this. Words mean what they mean. They mean what they mean. And. The word years here literally is a division of time, a measure of time, a division of time, or a measure of time. And notice what he says. He said, I will restore to you the years. And then he lists the locust, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm. Those are all parts of the curse. Those are all devouring insects. They all ate a different part of the plant. One ate the leaf, one ate the stalk, one ate the seed. They, in, other, in other words, they, they were just destroyed. And that notice, they had not only lost substance, they had lost years. Months, however you want to say it, weeks. 
you know, with this human life being the shortest thing there ever is, we don't have weeks to lose or months, let alone years. But notice what he said. I will restore to you the years. Mm. Now, how does God do that? Is it, is it going to be an expansion of life? Could be. But here's the question. Is anything impossible for God? It could be the joy, the peace that was lost during those years will be restored. But ever what you believe it specifically is, if he said he would restore the years, he's able. Oh, glory. And when you couple that with Isaiah 40, that he'll renew my strength and give power to the faint, that means the strength, the power I lost over those years, it's coming back. And I can be better in my 40s than I was in my 20s. I can be better in my 60s than I was in my 50s. I can be strong in my 80s like I was in my 40s. Mm. Glory to God. Did, do you see that? It's important. It's, it's what am I focusing my faith on? Remember I told you the other week? The devil wants you to focus on I have, right, what you have, and God wants you to focus on he has. I will take sickness from your midst. By his stripes you are healed. This is, this is vital, right? And it's not that you're not overcoming things. And obviously, I've told you over the years a number of times, faith is not denial. But uh, I've, I've got a brother right now that's going through uh, uh, radiation. And, uh, you know, of course, anytime you deal with radiation, uh, the doctors, you know, will tell you. And, and it's, it's true, the physical body. I mean, it's just the reality of it. I mean, it weakens the physical body. But here's the thing is uh, uh, we agreed early on with Isaiah 40 and other verses, the Lord is my strength, my salvation, my help comes from the Lord, my strength is of the Lord, that, that he would go through it with no side effects. Got word yesterday, said I went through it, no side effects, no weakness. Amen. That's important. Because uh, he said, I will restore the years that have been taken. Verse 26, and you shall eat in plenty. So notice, all of the abundance had been eaten. But he said, I'll restore the years, and you'll eat in plenty and be satisfied. When you're dealing with physical issues, there's no satisfaction. But he said, your satisfaction's coming back. Whew. Oh, my goodness. That, you know what that means? You're going to be better after the fact than you were before. 
Oh, my goodness. That's crucial that I'm believing all of that. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people will never be ashamed. My people will never be ashamed. That's important. Why, why will you never be ashamed? Because not only will you be healed, you'll be restored. And the years will be brought back. The Bible says that whoever puts their trust in the name of the Lord will not be ashamed. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't care what it is. I don't care what you're dealing with. Right? What you believe about God, what you believe about your covenant of healing is crucial. So restore is covenant language. I will, I will, I will restore. Now you got to read the Bible ever how you read the Bible. But when I read the words, I will, that's something God promised me. That settles the issue. I've had people come to me and say, you act like you believe all of that, I, every bit of it. See, there's, there's something, when God is your source, and He's truly your source, and you're not just saying it as preaching fodder, this is how I, I got to live. This is how I got to live. This is my source. And when you make God your source, and he says, I will, that settles something. I will restore. It's covenant language. It speaks of the covenant of peace that we have. That we have. There's no peace with sickness. None. And he said, I will restore to you the years. I will. I will. I personally will. This is not, I'm believing God will. I'm hoping God will. Well, you know, if it's his will, he will. When he said, I will, that's his will. Now, think about this for a moment before, before we, we wrap this up. I got two minutes. If he said, I will, it's not just my responsibility to believe that he will. It's my responsibility to believe that that's what he wants to do. So God is taking personal responsibility here for your restoration. I will restore. That, that, that is that wholeness. Peace refers to wholeness. If there's peace, there's wholeness. That's why he told the woman that he healed, that, that actually her faith healed her, but she, Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood. 
And he said, uh, daughter, your faith has made your, you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. The, the word in, in the Greek is go off into peace. Go into wholeness. Well, why would he say that? Because he's the God that restores to peace. That restores to wholeness. So we're not going to put up with the effects of something. Well, I'm better. I feel better. But I can't. We're not going to do that. We're going to be restored. I say we're going to be restored. Yeah, I, 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 hallelujah. Yeah, I, I talk to people and, and, and you'll hear people say, well, you know, this is what you can expect. L this is what you can expect. And, and, and I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm careful with this in, in healing school because I want you to see something. I'm not a wild-eyed novice. I'm not just running my mouth and, and putting things out there for people to, you know, grab and go burn a barn with. Right? I, 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 don't, I don't look at people out of the corner of my eye because they're dealing with sickness or maybe they don't see it the same way I do. That's not my job. All right? I'm, I'm not up here saying, you know, that you're never going to deal with anything and that as you get older, you're not going to have to use your faith. And, and you, that's not what I'm saying. I want to be very clear about that. I'm saying you got to recognize this is God's will for you. Right? This is God's will for you to restore these things to you. And very simply put, if you'll spend time meditating on these things, you'll start seeing restoration. You don't want to take any truth from the Bible and just, you know, uh, 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 Charles Caps used to say people trying to go off, you know, uh, whole hog when they're half cocked, you know, just it won't work. This is important. Because the things that I teach you, that's what we're living. Amen. And, and, and restoration belongs to you. Because God did not create you unwhole. Any sickness that tries to come on your body was not the will of God because it wasn't with you when you were born. Anything God wanted you to have, right? Now, you understand, any sickness that someone has when they're born is not of God. They're born into an earth with the curse on it. God's perfect will is that you don't have it. If you had it and it took something away, not only is it going to heal you, it's going to put it back. Amen. And whatever stage of development that you're on, walk 100% there. Don't, don't, I'm serious. And, and be honest. You know, the thing that stops faith from working is me. The thing that stops faith from operating is the operator. Well, I don't understand. I can't, just can't get over this hill. Keep climbing. 
It's that I'm serious. There's no other way around that. Somebody came up to Gloria Copeland one time and said, I don't understand. This isn't working. And he was going, I don't understand. It isn't working. I'm doing everything I know. And Gloria said, you just don't know enough. That's not being ugly. That's just the answer. Think about this. When you were in school, you, you, you learned, what is it, 26 letters that make up words. What if you'd have never learned the alphabet? You wouldn't be able to spell or read, right? Or hyphenate a word in your mind or, right, use consonants. Is that right? And, you know, you, how did you learn that? I'll tell you how you learned it. The teacher would sit you down and go, okay, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Can you sing it? H, I, J, K. Have you ever forgot that? I'm not going to ask you how long ago it was since you were in school. But ever how long ago it was, have you ever forgot those 26 letters? No. Why? It's what you needed to read, to write. The basics are you believe God. And you go to the textbook. And you go back to what did God say. That's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm not talking about going back to basics. I hear that so much. Well, we're going back to basics. And usually it's back to what their doctrine, what they believe. You always go back to what did God say in his word. Right? It's important. Ever when you learn 2 plus 2 equals 4. Ever how many years ago that was? I have a question for you. Does 2 plus 2 still equal 4? 10,000 years from now, no matter what they try to do, 2 plus 2 will still equal 4. Amen. 2 plus 2 equals 4. If you can believe, all things are possible. 2 plus 2 equals 4. Your faith is the substance of the thing you're hoping for and the evidence of the thing you can't see. Only you know if you have faith. I don't know if you have faith. Only you know if you have faith. But your faith is the substance of the thing that you're hoping for. So 2 plus 2 equals 4. The first thing I've got to do, am I in faith? Because if I'm in faith, it is the substance of the thing I'm hoping for. Amen. And I've, I've got to be honest about that. Am I in faith? Well, let, let, let me take just one minute and we'll be done. There's some evidences that I'm in faith. You know, faith, the Bible says in the book of Romans that in faith there's joy and peace. It didn't say there wouldn't be trouble. But it said two of the evidences are joy and peace. So what does that mean? If I'm in faith, I'm working on my joy and I'm working on my peace. Hallelujah. 
Dr. Dufresne used to say this. He said, a troubled heart is an unbelieving heart. Because faith is confidence. Faith is assurance. Faith is title deed. We, we, we use the word uh, 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 over and over again, especially in the book, Every Day is a Faith Day. Conviction, faith is the substance. It means a conviction of the truth of anything. You have faith that God will not only heal you, but God will take it, God will keep it away, and God will restore. Well, Pastor, right now I just believe that, that God can heal me. Okay, then believe that and work on the rest. And don't let anybody put you under condemnation. Yeah, but you know, so-and-so, you know, uh, uh, uh. You know, I, 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 just, I just wish God would have healed me without having to go through this. Listen, listen, don't do that. That's the devil. That's the devil. I said, that's the devil. Because you will come out of that procedure with less faith if you keep going down that road. You build your faith to 100% and you go have whatever procedure you got to have and you thank God and you praise God that they figured it out and they helped you and then you come out of it stronger than you went into it. That's where people miss it. Oh, I must have missed God. Oh, I failed. My faith didn't work. God didn't heal me. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's the devil. That's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah, but the doctors are the ones that helped me. They helped you. They didn't heal you. Doctors can't heal anybody. God's the healer. And ever what wisdom they got, God gave it to them. So I glorify God for that, and I'm thankful for it. And you do what you have peace about. I, I don't know why I'm saying this, but you don't you let people put you under condemnation. And sometimes well-meaning teachers, they don't mean to do it. But you know, well, you know, you don't have to go to the doctor. God will heal you. You better take, in, you better take into consideration who you're talking to. Who you're dealing with, you might be dealing with somebody that doesn't have their faith built to that level. You might be dealing with somebody that's dealt with some things. I better shut up. We, a lot of times we don't take into consideration the lives. I remember when Pastor Michelle and I were going through a, a steep challenge with one of our children. I know you've never dealt with that, but anyway, oh Lord, we were dealing with it. And, you know, the enemy, the enemy would fight you. And, you know, the, the tendency for all of us is to say, well, I raised them right. And, and you know, I know they're going to. And, and, and we did all that. But right in the middle of that, right in the middle of that challenge, you were there, right in the middle of that challenge. I mean, people say, well, how bad was it? In, a, in a, like a two-month, three-month period of time, our child tried to commit suicide six times. And I mean, it was just, it was, Lord, we were under pressure. There was just, and in the middle of that, you know, people would come up to me and talk to me about how if I would have done the right thing with my child, I wouldn't be going through that right now. These were people that I knew that couldn't believe their way out of a bean patch. And I knew it. Because I'd watched them try to use their faith. 
and they didn't know how to use their faith. Now, but here's the thing. I, I had to consistently go back and say, now, Lord, this is what you promised me. And I did what you said. I trained them up in the way that they should go. Now, just because they're my child doesn't insulate them from the responsibility of believing you. Right? And, and guess what? The enemy's ability over me was over. Because I wouldn't get over there and shame. And, and I'm going to say this, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Because I love my children fiercely. But the enemy would come and say, well, you know, what if they die and go to hell? And I, people say, how would you answer that? Well, number one, I would say, well, that's not going to happen because my children have been promised. But regardless, it's their choice. It's not my choice. It's their choice. And, and there are ministers that will say, God will hold you responsible if your children go to hell. No, he won't. He will hold you responsible if you didn't teach them. I taught them. I led every one of my children to Jesus at an early age. Now, I'm saying this for a reason. It's the same with sickness. The healer is working in you right now. If I don't care what you have to do. I don't care if you got to have surgery, if you got to take medicine, if you got to have treatments. I don't care what it is. Don't you ever let anybody tell you God didn't do his job and you missed it somewhere because you had to go take this treatment. That's a lie from hell. That's a lie from hell. And you'll, I'm telling you, you're going to come out of it stronger. I've taken too much time. But God's good. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, thank you today. Thank you for touching your people. Thank you for touching your children, your sons, your daughters, your beloved. Those that you consider precious to you. Father, those that according to your word you have tattooed on your hand. I thank you that your word says you've tattooed my face on your right hand. Whew. And you're such a good big God that you can have all of our face on your right hand. And we're forever in your remembrance. Thank you for healing your people. Thank you for touching their bodies and delivering them in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I trust you were helped today. Now, next Tuesday, of course, we'll have healing school. Brother Jim will be conducting healing school because I will be on vacation. So, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory. God's good to us. Amen. So, watch it online until we see you next week. Remember to build your faith and keep the switch of faith turned on. God bless you.